0: Hey everybody and welcome to the Gina Bianca podcast where we talk about life, business, entrepreneurship, the beauty industry, and beyond. My name is Gina Bianca, life and business coach, salon owner, educator, mastermind mentor, and your host of the Gina Bianca podcast. What is up everybody? Welcome back to the Gina Bianca podcast. This week's episode is all about how to attract high-quality booth renters into your booth rental salon. And if you're an independent hairstylist or you'd like to be, I'm also gonna share some things you can look for in salons that will add a lot of value. Even if it costs a little more in rent, it will add some value because you won't have to be paying for it on your own. So we'll talk about what actually adds value and And we'll talk about you know what to look for to find the best booth rental salon for you if you're a booth rental salon owner you'll get some ideas on what you can offer your staff and you'll also have a few ways to attract some high quality booth renters into your space Some of you might not know this about me, but before I opened the Network Salon back in 2019, I did own an employee-based salon for about five years. So I have a lot of experience with salon ownership and I love helping other salon owners, no matter what the business model is. And I personally believe that booth rental is a great option for the salon owner who wants a lot of independence and freedom like myself included. So, the reason I closed my employee-based salon is number 1, I had a really hard time when people left. I had like major abandonment issues in my childhood and that showed up a lot in my business. Like I was like actually not okay when people left and that's not healthy. You know you really have to have the abundance mindset and you have to be a true mentor which a true mentor knows their staff is going to move on a great mentor wants their staff to move on and continue growing so i was not that i was i was really happy for people but i also like felt like it hurt me and i had a really hard time leading that way so i had an employee-based salon for five years it was a team-based business it was awesome i loved it but towards 2017, 18, and 19, when booth rental and suite rental really started taking over the industry, I had a really hard time building up people, especially with the training and the time and the money that I invested into people. And you know, then they would leave and go open their own business when I would literally like feed their books. And it, it's just part of the business. It's just been happening forever. And it's just part of the business. It's just show business, baby, right? So it's just part of it. And I really had a hard time with it. And I looked at myself and my business and I was like, I really don't want to do this anymore. This isn't truly making me happy, but I still want to be a salon owner and I'd rather, you know, help people and mentor people who are already business owners because that's what I was doing on the road anyway. So I was like, I really want to continue doing this, but I just need to do it a different way. So I closed my employee-based salon and we were doing really well, you know, we were doing great my salon was always profitable, always making money, and we had a wonderful training program. We had a decent culture. You know, any culture issues were on me for being so resentful when people left. But, you know, we had a great team, great culture, great people, great leaders, and, you know, I still closed it. I was like, I just don't want to do this anymore. And um, my husband, we were kind of just getting together when I did my first expansion, and he wanted me to close that place for years. He was like, "You are not happy. All of your stress and misery comes from, you know, the employee-based salon model." He was like, "You need to just close it. You make more money doing education. You don't need this." And I knew that in my heart, but I had a really hard time closing my business because it it had my name on the door. Like, if you had told me I was going to close that place, like around the time I opened it, I would have. Of like spit in your face or something. would be like, I'm never closing this place. This place is my life. This is me, and I ended up closing it. And I remember I just made the decision after a lot of thinking about it and two years of mulling it over and I made the decision and I closed two weeks later and I gave my staff all of their clients and I said come to the network because we were opening this in the meantime I was like I need another option for people you know they're going to go booth rental anyway so I want them to go booth rental with me so in the meantime I had been opening this new place and it was like should I keep this place going like am I going to really be able to train people the way I used to Am I really going to care as much as I used to? Is my heart in it? And the answer was no. So I ended up closing it. And I gave my staff all their clients. And I said, hey these this is what you're making now this is what you could be making booth rental if you just move your books over so i ended up closing that way and if i could go back in time i don't know if i would have done it any different because you know if you close a business people kind of check out so two weeks was perfect and they had a place to go and most of them came to the network and are still here today some of them have gone off to open their own businesses and i'm really happy for them because I truly do feel like I was a great part of their journey. Even with the ups and downs, I felt like I had done a lot to support them uh, to get to where they are. So just a little context, because you you hear a lot of advice on the internet and on podcasts, and a lot of the advice comes from people who have never owned a salon and who just don't understand. And I just always tell people to be weary of where they're getting their advice. So I have experience with employee-based salon ownership. And regardless of how it went down, I was a great salon owner and I learned so much. I feel like I have so much business experience like real life in the trenches business experience and that whole part of my journey helped me get to where i am today where i'm able to help stylists and salon owners build their business so that's just a little bit of context and you know when i closed my employee based salon everything that i had there came to the network so it was really like a jump start our salon was beautiful and perfect it had it has everything but that would have been pretty expensive to set up had I not had all of that, <laughs> including all of the color, the bowls, the brushes, uh, you know, anything that staff needs. We have it because we were running a pretty legitimate <laughs> employee based operation so we had a lot and we just moved everything over into here and um you know we have pretty much anything the stylist will ever need so that's just some context on like how i was able to build the network and another thing is i was able to build the network because all of the money i made teaching went directly into my salon so had i not been teaching i don't think i would have been able to do such an extensive build out carry such an ex- ex- huge rent Uh, And, you know, start this up without the money I was making teaching. So, you know, people look at my business and they're like, how did you do that? Well, I was teaching and working every weekend and all of my money has continuously gone back into my businesses over the last 10 years up until more recently where I'm actually able to enjoy some of the income everything has really kind of gone back into the business so if you're looking to open a booth rental salon something to think about is a pretty hefty startup for not a lot of money like the booth rental business is just not that lucrative uh one of my artists came up to me today he's like yeah well you make bank off of us and i'm like ah you'd be surprised because you know to keep this place going with managers so i can go do the things that i want to do it's very expensive and you know it's a big operation And it's very expensive. So do I get rich off of my booth rental salon? No, I actually don't. It is not the number one revenue stream for me. It's probably number eight. Uh, I do not make a lot of money here. All my money comes from traveling and teaching. That's my primary revenue stream. So if you're thinking about opening a booth rental salon, just know that it's probably going to be one of many revenue streams unless you're behind the chair and you don't need a lot of managers because the payroll expense, high rent, you know, if you could own a building, that's the ideal situation, right? But it's just not that lucrative. So if you're very entrepreneurial, booth rental might be a great revenue stream for you. But it does still take a good amount of management and money to keep going. So I just wanted to throw that out there before we begin. I try to be as transparent as possible when talking about this kind of stuff because it's easy to just pitch someone a dream and an ideal situation. But at the end of the day, uh, things aren't as easy as they look. And I would never want you to go and do something without kind of knowing all the dirty details. So anyways, at the network, we are able to offer a lot because I make a lot of money teaching and a lot of the revenue and profits that I've made teaching have gone into the network and helped us get to where we are today. So if you're a brand new booth rental salon, some of the things I may bring up that you could offer your staff might not be realistic right now. uh, And that's okay, you can work your way to get there and you can save money and invest it back into your business or you can kind of pick and choose what's realistic and hopefully your staff have a good head on their shoulders and a good business sense and they understand that you know if you're not offering something it's because you actually can't not because you don't want to because a lot of the stuff that i offer at the network wouldn't wouldn't be possible and it gives us a very big competitive edge It really does because we're able to offer so much more because we have many other revenue streams kind of supporting the network. I would like to say, too, that although it took a lot to get here now in 2023, now that the businesses are kind of separate and standing on their own on paper, the network does make a profit, which, you know, I never even thought would happen because I offer so much. But now that we have all of our chairs full, we have 30 booth renters, all of the chairs are full, we charge a decent rent, uh, we offer a ton, and the network does show a profit on paper for the first time since we opened five years ago. So just some context. Before I get into it, I want to remind you that I am on tour. I'm recording this podcast on March 17th. This weekend, I'm heading to Seattle and Vancouver for some classes, but I do have a few classes left this year. I have a class coming up in Denver, Colorado on April 3rd. I have a class in Indianapolis, Indiana on April 16th, a class in Detroit on April 17th, a class in Toronto on April 23rd, class in Montreal on April 24th, class in Minneapolis on April 30th, class in Milwaukee on May 1st, and then I'm also teaching in London on May 21st. So if you're interested in taking a live class with me, these are hair and business classes demo style. Uh, These classes are going to be done in May, and then I'm going to be doing a hands-on tour toward the end of the year in a few different cities. So stay tuned for that. I'm going to be doing some travel hands-on classes, which I've never done, but I love teaching hands-on and I'm really good at it. So I would love to see you at some of those classes. If you're interested in signing up, go ahead and visit GinaBianca.com. All of the dates and links are there for you to purchase. If you're unable to come to live classes, I do have some great online education options. You can join my mastermind group for $50 a month. You get all access to all of my online education. And if you want to join and just get the coaching calls and some access to some of my best courses, you could join Mastermind Gold for $20 a month. So all of that can be found on GinaBianca.com. And if you haven't heard, I started a new business with my friends Olivia Smalley, Bridget Reddington, and Ashley Albert called Educate with Influence. We just started our first class. This is an online course where we teach people how to be educators with influence, meaning building your social media and your marketing power, along with building your skills as an educator. So got a lot of great education, and if you just want more and you love listening to the podcast, you love watching my YouTube, my Instagram, and my TikTok, I also have launched subscribers on Instagram where I post some longer content and class clips, so I really do try to give options for everyone's budget. That's only $4.99 a month. You can hop in and hop out whenever you want, but just a lot of high-value education for a low price. So I do try to offer as an educator something for everyone. Now that you know all of that, we'll get back into the episode. All right. So if you are a booth renter, I would love to share with you some things that you can Look for in your booth rental salon. And these are the non negotiable things that I would expect every booth rental salon to have at this point in 2023. I think it's amazing when people offer this stuff. It does come at an expense, but I think that every booth rental salon could offer this. And uh, if you're looking to become a booth renter, start your own business, and you don't really want to go into a suite, that you should look for these essential things. The first thing would be Wi-Fi. Every booth rental salon needs Wi-Fi. I think that's a no-brainer. The next thing I would look for is a towel service or some way where you don't have to do your own towels. I think that that's something that a lot of booth rental salons should and could offer, and it does make your life easier. And it's really buying back your time. So you really don't have to take your laundry home or do laundry within the salon. I think that that's pretty standard nowadays. But it is expensive. So if you're a booth rental salon owner, you might be like, what the hell, Gina? Why are you telling them this? Um, I think it could increase your rent if you offer this. So I would offer it and market it that you offer a towel service because a lot of booth renters are still doing their own towels or they're in charge of doing cleaning and towel stuff around the salon when in reality, they shouldn't have to, should just be included. Another thing I would look for as a booth renter is some kind of culture, like a good culture Uh, a salon that you can kind of just feel the vibe when you walk in something that's uh, well lit like good lighting and the salon has like a vibe and a aesthetic right because every brand needs that and I think salon owners need to kind of step it up and figure out what their brand and their aesthetic is and what kind of artists they're marketing to so I think that's essential as well I also think that Booth Rental Salon should allow you to work pretty much whenever you want. We allow our staff to work uh, Monday to Saturday. Sundays, we usually have classes. And we don't staff the salon really on Sunday. So we don't really let them come on Sundays. But if they need to, they can. But we try to keep it Monday to Saturday. But you should be able to work anytime you want. Uh, Even if somebody is not there, you should be able to go in and do your business there. I would, as a booth renter, set some boundaries with your clients and not expect to work until two in the morning. I have seen some booth renters taking clients super late. And if I were a salon owner, that would not... I am a salon owner, but that's not really okay with me. I would rather you work, you know, normal hours. I don't want you working until two or three in the morning. And I know it sounds silly, but people... Do this, and it's kind of annoying because it's a liability, and you know, you don't want your people there really late. So, I would recommend working within normal business hours, but being able to work pretty much six or seven days a week. As a booth renter, I would expect an adequate amount of space for my tools and my color. Uh, I think that if you're a booth rental salon owner you need to offer space for their stuff like they come with a lot of stuff a lot of color and having some kind of pantry or cabinet for each of your renters is huge. And that can be really challenging. But you know, if everyone is sharing a space that usually doesn't work out, uh, things can go missing. And sometimes it's innocent. Sometimes it's not. But I would definitely say as a booth renter looking for a booth rental salon, I would definitely look for a place where I have a cabinet and designated space for my stuff. As a booth rental salon, I would definitely have some kind of water fountain, water cooler, something like that, that every guest would have access to filtered water. That's something that's like a non-negotiable. If you are a booth rental stylist looking for a new salon home, I would definitely look for that, making sure that you're not going to have to worry about buying bottled water. It's a little ridiculous. So make sure that your salon offers that as well. I also think it's really important that there's some kind of marketing and social media at the salon. I don't think any booth rental stylist should rely on the salon for clients. I think if you're still relying on the salon for clients, then you're not ready to be booth renting. And you can't get mad at the booth rental salon owner if they're not feeding you clients. Like you have your own business, like grow up. Like you do not need to be relying on anyone to build your clientele but you. If you're. Looking for a booth rental salon and they have great social media and they'll repost your work. And if they have a website, I think that that's really important. And I think if you're a booth rental salon owner, this needs to be happening. Like you need a website and you need to maintain your social media. So if you're a booth rental salon owner and you have a website, it's very easy to add pages for each of your artists so your artists can have a branded website page. I think that adds a lot of value because the booth rental stylist doesn't have to go out and pay for their own website. They can just do it through your salon and have a customized page that they can update whenever they want. Another thing I would look for as a stylist is a salon that has bowls, brushes, whisks, all of that stuff, where I don't have to bring in my own stuff. As a booth rental salon owner, it's pretty inexpensive to get this kind of stuff. So I would recommend getting it. Of course, people can bring whatever they want, and they can keep it in their cabinet. And of course, if they're using the community tools, they have to wash them and take care of them themselves. Like They can't just leave a sink full of dishes you are a booth rental salon owner, that's really important to communicate to your staff is everyone's responsible for cleaning up after themselves. That can get really frustrating as an owner or as a manager. If the staff doesn't clean up after themselves, it's very disrespectful to the team. It's always a struggle at the network. It's gotten a lot better over time, but there's just some messy stylists, right? And it's not my fault that you're messy, and I'm not going to accept that as an excuse that you're just messy. We coach to that nonstop, and we even have cameras in the salon, which I also think is huge uh, if you're a booth rental salon owner to look at some kind of security, you know, cameras alarm systems something like that to ensure that you your belongings are safe and if stuff were to go missing there's a way to kind of see if stuff goes missing like who did it right so um just a few things that are kind of non-negotiables also parking is a non-negotiable like there needs to be some kind of parking uh you know some places are in you know new york city on the fifth floor and you know you kind of got to just deal with that But most salons, you know, a parking lot, all of that good stuff definitely would be a non negotiable for me. I would also ask the salon what the policy is on double booking. I would want to make sure that I'm allowed to double book within reason and uh, see what their policy is on that. If you're a salon owner, you know, you have to have some kind of boundaries for that because there are some stylists who will come in and try to see five clients at a time and it can get disruptive for the rest of the staff. If there's not a lot of sinks, having one stylist taking up two or three sinks at a time, that's not good and that's not okay. So I would set some boundaries with that. For us, we allow our our artists to double book. But they can only take up two chairs in the salon. So one could be the sink, one could be their chair. But they can't take up more than two sinks at the same time. And they can't have people all over the salon. And we always make sure that uh, our policies are communicated. For example, a policy at the network is we don't allow kids unless they're getting a hair appointment. And we do coach to this. And we've had to coach to it multiple times because some people just ignore it. Or some people, um, when they're first starting out, they don't remember that policy, so we have to like remind them. But we do not allow kids unless they're getting an appointment. So looking at the salon and seeing what their policies are, and that they have policies, and that they do stand behind them. Because a lot of people come in to get their hair done, and they don't want to have kids in the salon. Like They're booking this appointment to get away from their kids. Right? So um, it's really important that the guests in the salon have the best experience possible, and the salon policies are huge for that. And if you're ever curious about what salon policies to offer, you can always go to the network slash policies and take a look at what we do. You can also go to the network salon.com slash uh, join the network, I believe it is, or you just go to our website and click careers and we have a whole brochure on what we offer so if you need some inspiration as a salon owner feel free to check out what we do and steal whatever you want i don't really care okay so now that we kind of covered those non-negotiables i want to share with you a couple elevated things that you can offer and this is like you know speaking to a salon owner but if you're a booth renter and you're looking for a salon if your salon offers these things and the rent is a little bit higher, it's absolutely worth it, right? So here are some ideas that you can offer your staff as a booth rental salon owner. This will definitely attract some high-quality booth renters, and you can elevate your rent because these things cost money. The first thing that I'm going to mention, and it is the most expensive thing that you can possibly offer your booth renters and it will free up your time and elevate your salon like no other and that is support staff this is going to be the biggest expense that you carry on your business besides rent and in my experience as a booth rental salon owner for five years it is so worth it And charging a higher rent for this is so worth it. Having support staff, having a great manager and having people to ring out clients for retail and make sure the salon common areas are clean at all times. This is huge. The support staff take out the garbage, they clean the bathrooms, they greet clients, they ring people out and like having somebody when your client walks in is very nice, especially if your reception area is kind of far away from the floor. So if you can't see your guests when they walk in, just knowing that someone at the front desk is there to support them uh, and make sure that they have a warm welcome, I think that that is five stars. And you can definitely charge higher rent for this. And if you offer this and your rent is really low, consider raising your rent to cover this expense because it is... 100% massive value. The front desk people do not book appointments, but if people call or reach out and want a stylist, they can totally refer stylists to these clients and help close those sales. So, support staff is huge. If you are a booth, rental, salon owner, offering support staff is amazing. Then, if you're not there, they know they have someone to go to and they're not going to be bothering you all the time. Having really great managers is key, because it does help bring the salon together. So highly recommend that. The other thing I recommend is retail. So it does cost a lot of money to bring retail into the salon, to have everything shipped in, to replenish orders, make sure everything is on the shelves, and to unbox and keep track of everything. It's expensive. It goes into payroll, and obviously the purchasing power that it takes to get this product in. I would highly recommend offering retail. It is a profit uh, center. You know, you can make money on retail. It is a revenue stream, but I would pay your staff commission on this. And I would definitely carry a few different brands. Make sure you have a lower price brand, a mid range brand, and a higher end brand. And make sure all of the brands are clean. Make sure all of them like have realistic amazon prices because everything is on amazon we price match to amazon but make sure that you know you can make money off these products because some brands just give their stuff away to amazon and it's impossible for salons to make money so really research the brands that you're carrying Uh, it's really important and if you're a booth renter and your salon sells has retail, it's a great revenue stream for you and it's a better experience for your clients. So I would look at that as a major bonus. I would look at support staff as a major bonus. The other thing is the color store, but this is not realistic for most salons. Like I have about 50 grand in inventory on my shelves in the color store. And I'm telling you right now, you cannot get good pricing with these brands, unless you have a direct link to them, like the distributor agreements really prevent you from making profit on color. So you're always going to be held slave to the distributors and the brands. And you really have to pick certain brands, especially if you're an owner that has relationships with brands, uh, to leverage those relationships if you want to do a color store. But to be honest with you, most stylists use a few different products. And those products are major and salon centric and Cosmoprof, and it's really hard to get good pricing. So, if you have a good relationship with your reps and they'll work with you, or you follow the sales, or you order in major bulk, you might be able to get decent pricing. Because if you have a store and you're charging a fortune, it's really hard for the stylist to buy from you over going to the store. But it is a great convenience and it does give peace of mind. So, if your salon offers some kind of color, where God forbid you run out of something, you're not going to freak out and lose your mind. This is a major benefit and I would pay more rent for this. We don't do the color store because it makes us a lot of money. We do it because it adds value to the rent and it builds stronger relationships with our reps and distributors and brands. The next thing I'll mention is back bar. If your salon offers back bar, like shampoo, conditioner, and styling products that you can use on your clients, this is a huge bonus for you. Uh, We offer back bar, but only if people sell product. So the back bar that we offer comes from our brands uh, and points. So if people sell products, we have back bar. And the better we do with retail, the better back bar that we have. It is not realistic for a salon to buy shampoo and conditioner for renters. It's not realistic, and it's stupid to do this because it costs way too much money, and there's not a lot of profit in booth rental salons. So it's dumb to do that. It just doesn't make sense unless you're charging a hefty amount extra in rent to cover that expense so for us we do the basics and if we have really good retail sales then we get better back bar so we tell our staff use our back bar but recommend the products don't use it if you're not going to recommend it and mostly everybody does do that so if you're an artist and your booth rental salon offers this it is an amazing benefit but you should be recommending the product if you're going to use it don't be a mooch if you're going to use the product recommend it it's not just like don't take it for granted is what I'm saying like it's not something that everyone can offer it's very expensive so make sure that if you are getting that amazing benefit that you realize how much value that is the other thing I'll mention is recycling. If your salon recycles, that's a great benefit. It's something you can use for your marketing as a hairstylist. And if you're a salon owner, it's, it's you feel good about recycling. Um, but it is expensive. So if you can do it, do it. Uh, if you can't, you can't. But it is something that you can market, and that will set your salon apart. The final thing I'll mention um, in reference to, you know, what to offer your staff or what to look for as a booth renter is education and if you're a salon owner and your salon is an open space and you could fit 25 to 55 people in your space you should definitely be putting your salon out there as a host salon and part of the arrangement that you can make with the artist is you can use my space we'll set it up we'll break it down as long as my entire team can come for free This is a great swap for the educator. Most educators will be fine with this. Some won't, but it is what it is. Um, I mean, I do that. I let the entire staff come for free if you set up breakdown and help me promote the event. So I think that that's a great swap to let me use your space. And if you can offer education and then tally up what those tickets cost, you can use that as marketing saying we offered $2,500 in education last year. Like it's a great marketing thing and it will bring other artists into your salon. So we can segue now into how to attract high quality booth renters. So number one is you want to offer definitely the bare minimum and any bonuses that you can Uh, The bare minimums I talked about in the beginning and then the bonuses I talked about just now. But you want to offer as much as you can within reason for your budgets and you want to make sure that you're at least offering the bare minimum. The next thing is to attract high quality booth renters into your salon is to host classes in your salon. So I got a majority of my booth renters two ways. The first way was hosting education because it got them into my salon. Without me having to poach them, which I'm not a big fan of and some people do talk about as an effective technique, I really don't like poaching people. Um, I'm not going to say I never have messaged a stylist saying like hey, have you ever thought about Coming to my salon, um, and that's mainly if I have a previous relationship with them. But I don't cold call or cold message people and try to like poach them. Only people I have a very good relationship with, and I've probably only done it twice in five years. And um, to be honest, it didn't work out with those people. Like not in a bad way, but it just didn't work out. And I think like the best relationships people come to you, and. You know ever since I tried those things I was like this is not for me this isn't how I even want to be known I'm not doing this it is what it is so I don't slide in people's DMS and like try to get them to come here so the first way is by doing education where I got these people into my salon I show them what my business is all about and I do mention like if we have chairs open in the introduction and I just give them a great experience as a host so if you're a host salon uh, doing education Not only are you hosting for the students, you're literally doing an open house for potential employees and renters. So it's a huge opportunity because you're getting high-quality people who will invest money into a class into your space. You're bringing the cream of the crop to you. So number one, hosting classes. Number two, offering definitely the bare minimum as a booth rental salon. And the other way is I have a great referral program for my renters. So if my current renters send me their friend, they will get two weeks complimentary rent. And we just started doing this more recently. Um, I had like sales that I was doing. I'd be like, you get your first month free. I would run like these offers and I got some good people, but at the end of the day, the referral program is much better. So if Sally sends me her friend both of them get two weeks free and this has worked very well and it the renters don't want people in here who aren't a good fit and they don't want to be responsible for a flake right so they're not going to refer just anybody to get two weeks free like it's not they don't care about two weeks free to have someone in here that doesn't fit in or who is not a good representation of them. So it's only going to bring the cream of the crop into your space. And next, I'll say another way that we've gotten some amazing renters in here is just by marketing. And this is the thing. When you have a whole full salon, you stop marketing, right? because you're like not looking for renters. So it's not as urgent to post about your salon. And I got to tell you that at any point, I could have five people walk out and open their own place, right? And I need to remember that and say, okay, we need to always be marketing. So I highly recommend having a great website page set up, having a brochure. You could look at the thenetworksalon.com and look at ours, but having a brochure, a great page and having testimonials from your staff so when someone hits your website you're planting the seed that if anything goes wrong at their salon they know they have a place to go right so getting as many people to land on your website page whether they're in the market to booth rent or to move salons or not getting uh, exposure and building the brand around your salon all the time is key. So you want to continuously be marketing and have a great landing page and information for them so that when they do look at it, they it plants the seed and plants that idea into their head. So the other thing that I do frequently, is I'll post reels that just show the salon. It just shows all around the salon, everything that we offer. And even if we're full, it'll say, get on the wait list or reach out to us today and we'll keep you on the list. Like it just kind of builds that awareness. And like how you, what you should post is make a reel with trending audio, take pictures and videos of your space, throw it together. You could use a template on reels and just post it with a caption saying, our amazing salon. This is what we offer. Uh, click the link in our bio to learn more or send us an email to learn more, whatever your call to action may be. But you want to have clear, beautiful video. You want to use a trending audio. Text on the screen is a major key. And you want to have in your caption what you offer in a call to action. Your caption doesn't have to be eight miles long, but just something that talks about your salon. Or you can use a testimonial from your staff Uh, During one of our classes where I knew a lot of my staff was coming I set up an area and had them come in and do a testimonial during or after the class. It took five minutes. And all I did was write down like 10 questions and I sat there. Uh, Not even me I think my videographer just did it. He sat there and just asked them questions filmed their answer and threw together some reels and threw together some YouTube style videos so we have all of those videos embedded into our website. And questions I asked them was like, you know, what's your favorite part of working at the network? Have you made more money since working here? What's your favorite part of being a booth renter? What advice would you give to somebody who's afraid to go booth rental or who's afraid to start their own business? What's something that you were surprised to know that we offered? What's something that makes your life easier here? And we just had a very chill Prompted testimonial we didn't sit them in front of the camera and say tell us about the network We literally prompted them with questions that we could use on our testimonials so utilizing your staff for uh, testimonials is huge and uh, Having those on your website and using them for marketing will also help you attract some high-quality booth renters All right, so I feel like I talked a lot. We talked about, you know, I gave you some context about my story as a salon owner. We talked about uh, the bare minimum that you should look for as a booth renter in the salon, the bare minimum salons could offer. We talked about some extras that a salon can offer, even though they may cost more. These will add value to your rent. And if you're a booth renter and your salon offers these things and you pay a little more in rent, just know that it's worth it. Uh, And then we talked about how to attract some high-quality booth renters, you know, with a referral program, by offering amazing things, by posting, uh, and by, I don't know if I said hosting education, by hosting education, because you're bringing the cream of the crop to you. You're bringing these amazing people to your space. And I think that having, you know, renters who also educate or who are also influencers or people who are active on social media, these are great people to have in your space because they're going to be marketing your space for you. So I always, you know, if I have a lot of people applying, I'll look at who is the most active on social media. I'll look at people who have other stuff going on where this isn't their only source of revenue. I look at the most secure built people. If I have to pick between two, I'm looking at who's the most secure. who's the most built up and who I think is going to do the best working here so you know it's just something to think about if you're a booth rental salon owner or if you're thinking about going booth rental or you're thinking about opening a booth rental salon I hope this episode was helpful and I'll see you next time on the next episode thank you all for listening and I hope you have an amazing day see you on the next one